everybody, and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and I'm joined by some very special guests this week. Uh, the Big Cheese himself, Masa Segopian. What's up, man? It's actually Masis, but close. You may be called Block Masis on the show. <laughs> uh, and Allison Aletha, copy editor extraordinaire. What's up, Al? Hi. How's it going? So as you may have noticed... Among those names was not Taylor Wells. He, unfortunately, is out sick this week. Uh, had a last-minute cancellation on our planned Wind Waker show. So, sorry to pull the old bait-and-switch. But that's going to happen, hopefully, next week. Hopefully, he's feeling a little bit better. He's under the weather this week. So, don't worry. I'm still going to drag him under the mud and take him to task for his crimes against the Wind Waker. That will happen, um, but not this week. So we've got a good show for you in place of that. Uh, we brought in some very special guests. We're going to do a roundup of some daily debate questions. But first, wanted to go over some quick Nintendo news and uh, Zelda news. And it's been a while since we've actually had Zelda news. But this last week, a couple Majora's Mask things were announced. Majora's Mask 3D coming to Nintendo Selects. Uh, so that's pretty cool. If you haven't got it yet, you can get it. On the cheap, how much is that in the states for you guys? It's thirty bucks Canadian. That must be what 20, 20 American. Yeah, it, I believe it's twenty, and I think I've purchased every single Nintendo Select copy they've ever done just to have it. But I hate. I think somebody posted about this in the in the comments that the boxes are atrocious. The artwork. I just um, hate the like the the border and, and all fancy dancy. I think it takes away from the original box art. I, I don't like the little gold ribbon that they have for Nintendo Selects, and especially when you can see it on the side. It looks, right. uh, ugh, it looks funky monkey to me. Um, but speaking of Majora's Mask 3D, a little game called uh, Travis Strikes Back, No More Heroes launched this week. Uh, Taylor, of course, is a big fan of that series. And although it seems that the game isn't reviewing too, too strongly so far, a um, little bit of cool Zelda news in there. You can get a Majora's Mask t-shirt to wear, which is neat. Uh, one of the things about that game is you can equip Travis with a bunch of different t-shirts that he can wear. And there's a lot of like indie games that are represented by the t-shirts that he can wear. So uh, cool to see Zelda pop up in that. So for anybody looking forward to that, rep your best Zelda wear. Because what else are you going to, you know, what else are you going to strike back wearing? So Zelda news out of the way. We decided, and Lou of a Wind Waker show this week, we are going to go and talk about some daily debates. Now, for anybody that doesn't know, that doesn't frequent ZeldaDungeon.net, we run daily debates, well, every single day, and they are questions to engage the viewers and engage the listeners and readers of our site, get their opinions on different Zelda topics, and uh, basically just, uh, you know, get some different people contributing ideas. One of the things that Zelda Dungeon has done lately is open up our Discord channel to everybody that can that wants to pitch their own daily debate ideas. So this is really cool. We selected um, a bunch of different daily debate ideas that are all user-generated. These came from just like everyday listeners, readers, site-goers. So these, these questions come from you guys. So we're just going to go over them rapid-fire style. It's almost like a question block, but... Uh, Kind of not, and we're going to just dive right in and get to the nitty-gritty of it. So, are you guys ready? I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. <laughs> All right. Well, we're we're starting we're starting hot. <laughs> is the Wind Waker more similar to Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess is our first question. 
Uh, what do you guys think? I'm definitely more on the fence towards Ocarina of Time. I feel Wind Waker is a lot closer in age to it, and the dungeons are similar. The layout is linear like Ocarina of Time, and the ending just kind of feels the same. I will say, I mean, I would, say, I mean, obviously, of those three, Ocarina and Twilight are very similar, and Wind Waker is sort of like the odd one. But I would say because of its more linear nature of the dungeons, it probably follows Twilight Princess more. You can't kind of do things out of order. Um, I agree with you. That Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess are definitely of the three of them the closest together. Uh, I'll probably side with Allison and say that it just strikes me more along the lines of Ocarina of Time. Um, pretty much for the same reasons and, and maybe just a little bit in my head too because it uh, it looks a little bit Ocarina of Time is just a little bit more colorful whereas Twilight Princess is obviously not colorful at all whereas Wind Waker is the most colorful of them all so it feels a little bit more similar to the N64 game to me alright so should magic weapons be implemented more in 3D Zelda games and for magic weapons can we just say magic items in general kind of like din's fire etc etc let's put them all under that block Mm -hmm. all right yeah i think should they be implemented more i mean i i feel it's it's been one of those things that sort of has been lost in a lot of recent zelda games because i think back to like a link to the past and the like the expansive inventory with like the fire rod and ice rod and like the the magical canes and then the, the bombos yeah the medallions there's like mm-hmm. what like 7 8 9 different weapons that use magic whereas i feel um you know with the nintendo 64 games in particular they had the elemental arrows and then they did have like din's fire and nehru's love and such but i i feel that they've always been sort of secondary they haven't been primary weapons and in some cases just not very good weapons i think Maybe it's just because it's much harder to do in a 3D like realm. I mean, they did bring back like the fire rod in Breath of the Wild. It was there's not that many of them though. It's kind of hard to. I think well, you can get them from the whiz ropes actually. Um, I was gonna say that they brought a couple things back into Hyrule Warriors, and obviously I know that people don't consider that a real Zelda game. It's more of a spinoff. But if they can implement the fire rod as well as they did in Hyrule Warriors. Why can't we see something more like that in future 3D Zelda games? Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I thought that they did make kind of a conscious effort to have some more magic weapons in Breath of the Wild, which I thought was cool. But yeah, I, I think that you definitely lost that in the the 3D Zelda games. Because I, I mean, like you look at the you look at the magic items in Ocarina of Time, and you you don't need half of them to complete the game. Um, and then it just seemed like it got less and less with each new installment so like i think breath of the wild showed that they can be done pretty well like i I think that the fire rods and stuff were pretty cool weapons in that game wouldn't you say like they were okay there was not many of them though and they they were also um the overwhelming majority of the combat didn't involve them i mean you could play the game like as as an archer almost and like just use all the elemental arrows very often that's kind of how but, I uh, play Breath I, of the Wild. <laughs> I don't think many people play it that way. I, I I actually do that quite a bit, but it's still you're still using your uh, your melee weapons significantly more. 
Speaking of, of melee weapons in, in Breath of the Wild, Allison, I saw a clip that may or may not have been photoshopped of you uh, taking out like eight guardians at once with a bunch of different shields. <laughs> Crazy skills. Good sick. for you. <laughs> Thank you. It was, I mean, um, there was a I lot mean, of I, I could involved, do that, but. but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you guys should go on uh, Creeper Twitter and check it out because it's pretty, it's pretty badass. Um, all right. That was fantastic. Thanks. <laughs> 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 Would you consider getting a Zelda-related tattoo? First of all, does anybody have any Zelda-related tattoos here? I do. I have no tattoos, and I don't plan on... I don't think I will ever get a tattoo. Not that there's anything wrong with them, but I just, it's just not for me. Which is, a, like, that's a valid opinion. And I know there's a lot of people who, you know, they just don't want to get tattoos. And that's okay. Um, but for a Zelda-related one, I got one. And I love it. I got the Triforce on my wrist. And out of the two tattoos I have, it's my favorite one. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty sure that you had a Zelda tattoo. I couldn't remember 100% for sure, but I was pretty sure you did. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I would get one. Actually, there's a question that's going to come down uh, a little bit later in this list, and it says something about the, the Hylian language. My my initial idea was to have like a tattoo in Hylian that said like um, power, wisdom, courage, but I, I like I didn't feel that the language was well defined enough in terms of like characters to represent each one, so I haven't got it yet. Mm -hmm. But um, to answer the question, I would uh, totally consider getting one. I think that they look pretty cool if when they're done right. Yes. I see a lot of people who have like almost like Hebrew phase, uh, phrases or Latin phrases on their on their arm that say like a you know hope or you know stuff like that <laughs> like inspiring terminology. Having that in Hylian would be would be kind of fun actually. Yeah, <laughs> but which version of Hylian? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. We yes. can make that a marathon yes. activity. We could all get matching <laughs> tattoos. Let's do it. <laughs> Dead, dead silence from Mossy. So let's move on. <laughs> That'll be <laughs> our Hollywood scale. Day, I'll go get matching tattoos. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get the little uh, Simba Lion King symbol too. You're gonna, you're gonna wake up and just you know after a after a drunk night, you're gonna wake up and have a giant like Volvagia tattoo on your back. <laughs> uh, that's not that much that different from when I had a drunk ass. night and woke up and had a giant Mossy Zagopian elbow in my face. But. Uh, <laughs> That is neither here nor there. Next question. Could a Hollywood scale Zelda movie work? I'm I'm gonna take the lead on this and I'm gonna say yes. Yes it could. I actually I wrote an editorial about this about a year ago for anybody that is curious. It is called The Keys to Making a Zelda Movie That Doesn't Suck. And I think that if it followed the basic premise of it, it could absolutely work. But you'd have to make Link talk. My thoughts is I'm not sure about a Hollywood scale. Zelda movie just because I feel like anything that's been Hollywood scale video games and books recently has just been kind of terrible but I'd be more interested if something like Amazon or Netflix picked it up and made it a series I, I would like to see what they could do with it I think a, a live action Zelda movie could totally work it, they would have to it would be so different than it it would have to be very like independent from the games i think though cuz I, I agree the the bulk of the games are n it's not zelda has never been a story driven franchise 
And like even up until everything before, I don't know, Skyward Sword, it's like it's like you can take every single cutscene in the game and add it up, and it's like, oh yeah, there's 35 minutes of cutscenes in a 20-hour game or something. That might even be on the high end, but like when I think of games like Ocarina or or uh, Twilight Princess, there's there's not that much more so in Twilight Princess. But I mean, so if it was a totally like standalone story, not based on any games, because there's not going to be any like dungeon crawling and hmm, getting confused and Link trying to figure out a block puzzle. <laughs> like, yeah, right. That doesn't translate to the, the the big screen very well. I don't think. So may, I don't know. I I maybe something more like Lord of the Rings ish or something. I I don't know. Um. Yeah, I feel like it could work, and and you nailed pretty much all the the big points I had in my editorial, which is like, make it an original story, you know, skip the dungeons. Unfortunately, that's, it's not going to work. It's, it doesn't translate really to a game. And um, you have to find, you have to find the right voice for Link to have. I I kind of opined that he would sound kind of like a mix of Samwise Gamgee from Lord of the Rings and Captain America, uh, which I think is like a nice area for, for Link to kind of operate in. But uh, yeah, I think if you get those keys, then yeah, absolutely you can. But you'd have to have like you'd have to have some real big Zelda fans at the helm. I think um, Lord of the Rings right. worked so well because Peter Jackson was such a big you know diehard fan. He he wasn't doing it to make a buck. So I, I feel like you'd have to have right. the same thing. You, you know, you can also like you take a page out of the like the manga series as well, because those like I've read the Ocarina manga and it's totally different than the game because there is no dungeon crawling like link does venture into i think all the dungeons but it's just Mm -hmm. to encounter the big the big boss there's no you know navigating and getting a compass and dungeon map so there's you you could sort of still do like dungeons that are simplified but it it would feel a little weird if i mean it could be sort of like uh it could be a montage i think might be cool what's the one like Scott Pilgrim versus the world style thing where it's like right away he had to what he, what was his main objective he had to go and like kill the eight uh, the eight ex-boyfriends of uh of whoever Yeah, if it's some like weird objective thing like that where yeah. right away then it, it sort of fits the dungeon aspect a little bit. I'm not sure if I'd like that though. Uh, yeah, I, I think just leave them out. If you, if you can't do them well, then leave them out. Or maybe have it like when um, the Fellowship went to the Mines of Moria and have that as like a dungeon. or I, I don't know, something like that. But um, to answer the question, yeah, I think it, it could be done um, successfully. And I hope that it is one day. Uh, next question is, do you feel like the lack of a graveyard type area was a missed opportunity in Breath of the Wild? What do you guys think? I mean, I, somebody made the comment after this question was um, put out there that basically Hyrule is a giant graveyard in Breath of the Wild, which I kind of agree with. And if you go to Hyrule Castle or Hyrule Castle Town, you can just tell that it's like just a massive grave. And I feel like that's that's more what Nintendo was trying to focus on versus having like a shadow temple area or graveyard area that we have seen in past games yeah i mean outside of the few isolated towns i i think the whole idea of breath of the wild is that civilization is not exactly all there right now 
it's kind of fragmented and and uh i i associate a graveyard with civilization is that sounds because i uh you know that's it's a more yeah, structured it takes thing. a civilization to honor the fallen for sure right whereas the whole world is ruins outside of the few towns but it would be nice i mean that the I mean, more there, diversity there is, is always better there is one in Kakarika Village, a little tiny graveyard. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Um, I pretty much agree with what you said, Allison. Uh, when I when I heard a graveyard type area, I, I immediately thought of the ruins of uh, you know the ranch, the ruins of uh, Castletown, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I'm like, well, that's pretty much a graveyard right there. But I will say that I do. I'm a sucker for like haunted house kind of games or like haunted house areas and games and stuff like that, and I always enjoy going to the uh the graveyard sections of games so i it would have been it would have been cool but i definitely don't feel like it hurt breath of the wild by by any means um so this would have been an interesting question to uh to nail taylor down on because i would be really uh curious to see how forthright he would be about this but how much does a zelda games art style affect your opinion of it Oof. You know, I think, uh, I mean, Wind Waker is the one that comes to mind right away. But, like, I, re- I remember, because I, I was big into the series when I, when, like, I started the website, Zelda Dungeon, and then shortly after, Wind Waker was announced. It was, like, one of the first major games. And I remember thinking to myself, like, ugh, what is this? Especially because that first trailer for Wind Waker was kind of horrendous. But I'm, I'm, and, and I especially like, after seeing the Space World demo too, which looked great. Right, so, like my initial instinct was, I had a negative feeling for about Wind Waker, right away, right from the get go, right from the onset. And it wasn't until the game released and I actually got to play it that that kind of went away. But definitely, my initial impressions are, are very much, uh, you know, tied into the art style. I'd say. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if your opinions have changed more now that you're playing it through in Warfare about it versus your initial impression of it upon seeing the art style. Well, I mean, I've played through Wind Waker half a dozen times at this point. So, like, you know, I played it again. It, I mean, the game, especially when it came out, came out on the Wii U years later, it just, it got brightened up a little bit. It's like it re- refreshing the whole H. And it just looks absolutely stunning now. Whereas... It's not the... Oh, oh, it looks like a cartoon. I mean, that was like the big thing in 2002. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely know that I have um, first impression issues based on art style with the Zelda games because um, when Wind Waker first came out, I had just finished going through Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask back-to-back with my brothers, and then all of a sudden here was Wind Waker, and I was like, uh, I don't know about that. And it took me a long time to play it through and actually love it. And it was the same for Skyward Sword and Phantom Hourglass. It's just my initial impressions were based solely on how it looked. But I actually wound... Those are some of my favorite games now. And I mean, go back to the trailer for Twilight Princess. Like, that was a massive deal. Like, grown men were crying because it, it looked <laughs> like Ocarina of Time. It looked good. That, you know, <laughs> well, people people loved it right away because it was a realistic style of game, which is ironic because looking back, I'd say that that's actually my least favorite art style in the entire Zelda series. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that it definitely affects my opinion of a game. I wonder if Taylor would have admitted that about Wind Waker. So we'll see. Um, if you could design the ultimate piece of Zelda merchandise, what would it be? Oh, well, good, good okay, question. this might not be this might not be very uh unique, but it's just something I want them to release right now. So, I love the statues, the figure, the, you know, the, not not just the figurines, but the big first four figure statues. Right. And I totally want to see four of the four uh I want to see all four of the uh champions. That would be we had cool. The, be just awesome. take the amiibos, blow them up about maybe like six times the scale or something. And I like awesome. I I'd love to see a a Rivali and a and a Mifa first four figure statue. That's like I think they totally I think they would totally sell too. Uh, there was a pretty badass looking Ridley statue that just came out not too long ago. Actually, it looks really awesome. Speaking of first four, um, I I would design more puzzles, and I know that there is a ton of Zelda puzzles, but I, like I really like framing them um, after they're completed. Masa, I know that you've been doing Same. a few lately as well. Uh, and, and, you know, there's puzzles for Majora's Mask. There's puzzles for Ocarina of Time. And there's really lame puzzles for Breath of the Wild. But, like, I, I would... My goal would be to have one for, like, each game. That'd be really cool if you could get a piece of art for, for each game into a puzzle. Yeah. So that you can... Uh, you could have, like, you know, your, your Hall of Fame in, in your basement or whatever. You could have all the different right. uh, posters hanging up. I, I absolutely love the puzzles. And... The the oh, problem with Zelda is there are some atrocious Zelda puzzles. Like yeah. this was the best that they could come up with, and it's like wh- what the hell is this? Like there is so many. Uh, like you could just take some awesome pieces of artwork and make a puzzle out of it. Instead, they've made these some hodgepodge garbage. <laughs> the one the one that comes to mind is I I want to say it's a hot topic exclusive, and it's just like. Zelda's concept art from Breath of the Wild with a black background. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like, what the hell is this? Um, I, I, yeah. I've been doing. I've been doing the Wind Waker scroll puzzle. Ooh. Oh. Have you, God. Did you? I have it, but I I haven't touched it yet just because it looks awful. It it like the actual picture is okay, but like, there's no color and it's it's and it's not one of the. Um, it's one of the thousand piece ones, not the five hundred fifty piece ones. So it's the the pieces are even smaller, so it's hard to you pick up a random piece and you can stare at it for twenty minutes and not know where it goes on the puzzle. It it it's a mess. It's it's probably been the most I've done like six of the puzzles at this point, and this is the most difficult one. The map of Hyrule is pretty is pretty hard too. I did that one and it's it took me a while. The, That's a bad the puzzle. World Atlas. Yeah, that one it's took a, for a long, yeah, forever. It's too. a, it's just a terrible puzzle because y- you could give that to a Zelda fan and outside, like they might look at it for five minutes and not even know it's a Zelda puzzle. No, it looks like Lord of the Rings. There's not <laughs> enough. There's like nothing. Like Middle I mean, there's a few things on there that oh, it's like there's a Skulltula and oh, there's, I think that's a Redead and Gibdo, but I mean it's it doesn't scream Zelda like, eh that. All right, Al. What, what piece of merchandise would uh, would scream Zelda to you that you want to see? Uh, this is hard for me. I like to display all my Zelda merch, so I have all the books. I really like all the books, and I got the games and the puzzles. But I guess I would really like a very well made piece of like Zelda jewelry, 
because anything that I've seen so far has just mm, been kind of okay. not not very well made, I guess. Um, I got these Triforce earrings from a fan website, and they are amazing, and they hold up and everything like that. I just wish Nintendo would make something more uh, that just would hold up well and doesn't look like plastic, I guess. And I would 100% buy that. All right. Uh, let's move on. Which Zelda game had the best ending? That's kind of a doozy. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Allison, you, are you ready to go here? Um, <laughs> that's a really hard question. I would say... It is, yes. I, I'm going to just go with my favorite here and say Skyward Sword because I feel like it just opens up the rest of the Zelda world there where they're talking about how they're just going to discover more about the surface and it, you know, they're going to turn it into Hyrule. And I just feel like it's more of an opening. I'm glad you said that. I feel like it's more of an opening than an ending. Uh, I'm glad you said that because that was my answer too. Yeah. Uh, That's my favorite ending. I I think with, uh, with Fee's Farewell and then Impa and uh, you kind of see the, the full, face turn of Groose, if you will, where he just accepts his role. I, I think every character came off really well mm-hmm. in that ending. It had some of the best music, I think. I and it, it was really it was really hopeful and optimistic, which I liked. Exactly. It was like when I think of the endings of most Zelda games, I mean let's just be honest here. The vast majority of them are not very memorable endings. It, 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 do you, does anybody really remember, especially some of the earlier games? Like, like the ending of Ocarina is not exactly very memorable, if you ask me. You get sent back in time. You know, it's a short cutscene. With, but with uh, with Skyward Sword, I, I was between either A Link to the Past or Skyward Sword. And Skyward Sword, it, the music does stand out in Skyward Sword 2, that ending theme. And there's just a mm-hmm. lot going on, too. It, it, it tells a whole story in the ending. It does, and it opens up for more story to be told, I feel like. But I, I would say I get emotional every time I see the Link to the Past ending. It, it, that might be just nostalgia, though. I, I, that might be a minority opinion, but I just love I love the music. I love how it revisits all the characters and like the different parts of the world that you explored. Mm-hmm. And and the credits music is, is it brings brings a tear to my eye. <laughs> Oh man! So Skyward Sword almost has the sweep, but uh, just loses it in the end. A two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf would say. Oh, um, I, I love that song. <laughs> That's such right, a deep should, cut. <laughs> should Hylian as a language be developed in game? And this is the question I was talking about earlier. My answer is yes, because I want a tattoo. I, I guess I don't understand the question. Should it, are we saying that it just should be used more? Because I mean, it was used in. Wind Waker, like the more older beings were speaking Hylian and you couldn't understand what they were saying until you did the second quest or whatever. And I thought that was kind of cool that um, the King of Red Lions was talking to, oh, what's the fish's name? Is it just Jabu in this one? Um, yeah. And you just Jabin? didn't understand what he was saying because he was speaking in old Hylian and I thought that was really cool and I would like to see more of that in the, in the future. Totally, yeah. I remember when Breath of the Wild was first coming out, and they they released like the concept art or something, or it was like it was that map that like, I think it, it appears during Impa's cutscene where she's explaining the history of Hyrule, 
and people took it and saw the Hylian along the border and they translated it and they were able to figure out some of the story elements before the game came out. Yeah. It was almost like an oversight by Nintendo to put that in there or to release it. I think so, they I mean, specifically said you won't get anything out of the map or that that tapestry. They specifically said that and then somebody was like, all right, hold my beer. And then they translated <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Here's enough. The doozies just keep on coming. Are you guys ready for this? Which Zelda remake is most well done? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say it's to me it's a toss up between Wind Waker HD and Majora's Mask 3D. Partially because those are probably the two that they actually changed more of. Like the Twilight Princess HD remake doesn't really need to exist. It's it's nice because it's a cleaned up version of the game, but it didn't change anything. It didn't like really fix anything. It, nothing major, I should say. Right. I'm in agreement with Wind Waker HD. I just feel like it's what got me back into loving that game, and it's beautiful. And they made things so it wasn't so difficult as people were complaining about certain things like the Triforce quest and all that kind of stuff. They just made it a little bit more tolerable. Yeah, I think I I would go with Wind Waker because I think they fixed a lot of the nuisances of the game. And they made it a more enjoyable experience overall. Uh, I'm going to say Link's Awakening DX just because, uh, you know, adding color to that game is it was really significant to me to play um the extra dungeon was really cool um, i kind of overlooked just, it, it that made one that game... yeah that that's that that's <laughs> it's so much so that like it's cuz it, it it totally just replaced the previous game it, it, exactly like you, you it's hard to go back and play the original links awakening after playing dx yeah so that that would be my answer it it wasn't really a long gap it was 5 years too and in between those games, only Ocarina released. Actually, DX and yes. Ocarina came out at the same time. So it, was, it wasn't even a massive gap. So it didn't even really feel like a... Which is almost it's almost cheating to say that because it's, it's kind of like a definitive edition where, of course, you're going to pick that. The original right. can't really hold up to it, but, uh, you know, technically it's a remake, so... You know, I, I think that that is the definitive version of that game. So, Although I would say, in comparing it to Wind Waker, I think it's equally hard to go back to playing the GameCube version of Wind Waker. Yes. Okay, I, I, it might actually be easier yeah. to play the Game Boy version of Link's Awakening. Um, Alright, so speaking of Game Boy and Legend of Zelda, should Nintendo remake the Oracle games and include the never-before-made third one? And he is talking about the... Uh, originally, it was supposed to be a trilogy and then got cut back. Um, I, I say no. They shouldn't remake them, but they should release the third one in a Link Between Worlds kind of a style. I think that'd be yeah. cool. The, the third game, it's it's more of a concept than an actual game, though. Because it's, mm-hmm. it's not like we had Oracle of Ages, Oracle Seasons, and then the third game that just got deleted. Oracle of Ages and Seasons fundamentally changed when they made the decision to go from three to two. So, like, the final products don't necessarily, uh, like, that was not what was initially planned. So it's impossible to, like, go back in time to do that. Because 
having the, the game this wouldn't be a case of releasing like a star a star fox 2 on the snes classic like the game was never close to being made correct yeah it was just like a prototype idea that just never came to fruition that being said it would be cool to have another game in that style in in i mean the games are kind of independent in the sense that they're their own story it's their own world so I mean, it's cool that they connect, and the connect the connections are kind of fun. It gives more depth to some of the story elements, like you know, Oracle of Ages. Queen Ambie's building this tower, and you're trying to figure out why she's building this tower, and then you don't find out until the linked game of Oracle of Seasons that she's in love with one of the dead pirates, and she's trying to find her. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool little tidbit, but I'm more in the mindset that I. Uh... I never really got into those games. Um, a remake would be cool, but I feel like priority should go to other remakes that I really want. So I guess I'm kind of just in the middle. But the th- having a third one released where they have the concept that you're talking about come to fruition would be pretty cool, especially several years later. More importantly, we could see Ricky, Dimitri, and Moosh in their full 3D splendor. <laughs> uh, which you know those guys are are long overdue for a comeback. So <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that I hope that something in that universe uh, comes to pass, whether it's a remake or a, a link between worlds style of sequel or something like that. Um, so next question: Which of the heavily thematic dungeons is the most memorable? And I guess to answer this question, we have to determine what exactly is a thematic dungeon. So probably a dungeon. Like, like I, to me, that would say, like, a dungeon that a lot of story takes place in. Like, a, I don't know, like a Ganon's Tower or something like that. Where, like, it, or, a, or a Forsaken Fortress where, like, it, it's important to the overall story and not just a dungeon. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that definition? Well, when I thought of theme, I thought more like, this is the fire dungeon. This is the water dungeon. Or An temple. elemental dungeon? Yeah. yeah having more of a theme to it. Okay, yeah, let's go with that then. I feel that the, the Ocarina dungeons are are the first ones that come to mind because they kind of set the standard, especially for the 3D games. Yes. So it's hard to... Well, I don't think Ocarina necessarily has the best, like, forest-themed dungeon because there was ones in virtually every game afterwards. But it's more memorable, and I think the Water Temple, like everybody in the world knows, story knows has stories about temple. the Water Temple. Yeah. And it's not just because of the confusion and difficulty, but also, you know, the the fight with Dark Link and, you know, stuff like that, too. That's very true. I'm a sucker for the Forest Temple. In the Ocarina of Time? Yeah, that's that's just my favorite dungeon ever in Zelda. So if we're if we're doing, like theme dungeon in that definition that's uh, no it's no competition for me mm-hmm. i think some of the dungeons though in some of the the later 3d games like took some of the elements they, they were just a lot more interesting from a lore perspective i think like the ancient cistern mm-hmm. in particular like that's a really fun dungeon and i love it's it's it is it starts off as like a water themed dungeon but it also has like the undead area and then the greatest boss battle in the entire Zelda series. 
Um, I, you know, we don't give a lot of love to Twilight Princess on this show, and maybe not as much as we should, but I will say that Arbiter's Grounds uh, is, is a really great dungeon. I like it a lot. And that one has the actual greatest boss battle in Zelda history. Ooh, I will fight you on that, but I like Star uh, You know what? As I said that, I don't know if I'd fight you on that, actually. <laughs> that was a pretty amazing boss battle. <laughs> the Galactus? Yeah. That- yeah, that was that was a good one. I, I can't uh, I can't do that boss battle uh, sitting on the couch. I have to stand up when I fight Colossus. <laughs> <laughs> it is required. But uh, I will say that Twilight Princess, I think from top to bottom has fantastic dungeons. I, I truly think that actually. I am partial to the Shadow Temple in Ocarina of Time. I've always really liked that one, and it's always my favorite to do. So when I played as a kid, we would all take turns, me and my brothers, and I always had to be the one that did the Shadow Temple. That was my temple to do. So I really liked that one, and um, I would have to disagree on Arbiter's Grounds. <laughs> I'm kind of like Mossies in the way that when I get there, I'm, like, I'm done with the game. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean, if you can take a break by the time you get to the... By- by the time you get to the Arbiter's Grounds, it's great if you're refreshed and recharged. <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, yeah, there's the thing about the Zelda series is there's so many like dungeons that like we might we're overlooking because it's not like we're doing a full dungeon analysis here. But I I always like some of the end dungeons. Like I don't know if like Ganon's Tower or Ganon's Castle, I should say, from uh, Ocarina comes to mind because it's like sort of like a greatest hits. You get to fight all the. Yeah. You get to fight all the, all the ball. Well, not the, all the, the mini chambers of, of dungeons and stuff like that. Yeah. And then games like like a link to the past, again in tower. You get to refight some of the original bosses again. And there's some memorable uh, dungeons that are memorable, not for good reasons in some cases. I think like, like I think uh, city in the sky. I I don't think people usually have fond memories of that, but. Uh, no. Or like temple of the ocean king. I really like that dungeon. No, definitely not. Yeah. I actually like that dungeon more now than I ever did as a kid. I want to give it. I want to give a shout out actually to, uh, to Hyrule Castle in the Minish Cap, underrated final dungeon. Oh, Good dungeon. Oh, oh then of course Hyrule Castle from Breath of the Wild. Is that a dungeon? Yeah, I, that was a big debate that uh, that we had. I don't know. Maybe it should be a daily debate. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we're on to something here. There we go. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going to save that one for later. So next one, kind of an interesting uh, premise. Should future Zelda games introduce more romance? Oh, God, I, 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 w- I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, what's the most romantic Zelda game? Probably Skyward Sword? Probably. Y- you think? Yeah. That has a direct relationship. But I mean, like, if you go back and play and, like, read all the script for Ocarina 3D, it's or Ocarina of Time, it's... Every single character is in love with Link. He's got like six love interests in that game. I guess. I guess the the premise is though is that you can't really follow up on that, which is uh, what I think the question entails. Is like, um, okay, using Mass Effect as an example, like you can kind of pick and choose who you're interested in, who you want to flirt with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and you can sort of do that to an extent in Skyward Sword, like you can flirt with the item girl or not, mm-hmm. but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against that. I think that, you know that would add uh, a little something to the series, even if it was just strictly with Zelda. I think that'd be fine. 
it would have to be something I like the idea uh, so one of like it's like a deep cut thing in the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons is um, there's the two characters Bippin and Blossom and they have a child and throughout the game after each dungeon you go back to their house and they're in some sort of family dilemma and they can't figure out what to do and you make a decision for them and then as you progress through the game and then especially in the length game their character he could turn out to be like a loner or he's like a hyper kid or he turns out to be like a scholar there's like eight different endings to this like side quest of sorts and it's all just because of like decision making and I imagine if they did something like that from a romance perspective where maybe with like Link has some options of, of what to do and then there's like alternate endings a little bit maybe he gets with a different character depending on your decisions <laughs> that's I mean, an interesting you, idea I'm, I'm liking this yeah. <laughs> there's something to a smaller scale with, with Colin in uh in Skyward Sword, where he's got the love letter that he wants yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. You can give it to the, the hand in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> there were some things in Breath of the Wild for side characters, not to be with Link, but to help side characters with other side characters. I, I don't know. I'm more about the subtlety of it that we've seen so far, because then it gives fans more of a... more room to interpret whatever they want and to quote-unquote ship whoever they want and kind of make up their own thing as the games go i kind of like that versus being forced to see something uh happen in a game and then you have to accept that as the reality that's fair uh cheap plug here too for those that are into the quote-unquote shipping we're going to be running a romance week in february to coincide with valentine's day at zelda dungeon so uh if, if you've got opinions on who your favorite romantic couple in the Zelda series is, make sure you come and check that out when that happens. Uh, so moving along, did you guys play Soul Calibur 2 just because Link was in it? Um, so to catch anybody up that doesn't know, Soul Calibur 2 released back in, I want to say 2003 or 4, and uh, it came out for PlayStation, GameCube, and Xbox, and each console uh, version got an exclusive character. PlayStation got somebody from Tekken, Xbox got Spawn, and of course, GameCube's got Link, and it went on to be the best-selling of V3. So, did you guys, A, did you play Soul Calibur 2 back in the day, and did you get it strictly because Link was in it? Uh, I actually played Soul Calibur 2 in the arcade. So, I, I played it before the GameCube version, the console versions came out. I think it was before, this was... But, uh, I was never into it. I... And I never, when they announced Link was going to be in it, I thought that was cool. I, at that point, I had experienced it in the arcade, and uh, that was to the extent that I was ever going to play of the series. So I never picked it up until significantly later on, as I picked it up more as a collector's item, like 10 years later. Um, I definitely played Soul Calibur 2 as a kid. And when I saw that Link was part of it, I thought that was awesome, and I wanted to have him as a playable character. And I'm just now discovering that the reason we didn't have him is because we had the Xbox version. Oh, no. I was too young to understand that you it was, like, exclusive to the consoles, so we we had Spawn. But it was still a fun game. It's still one of my favorite Soul Caliburs, so. Uh, Spawn would, is definitely better than, uh, what's his name from Tekken? Oh, okay. I can That's never remember the guy's name. What is it? <laughs> 
what is his name like hitachi or something like that something stupid. i have no clue <laughs> um so i i actually pitched this daily debate question because i did only buy soul Calibur 2 because link was in it and i was a kid back then and begged my parents for it and uh <laughs> looking looking back now i i didn't really like soul Calibur 2 it it wasn't that fun to me. It was too complicated for me, but most fighters are. So, uh, uh, you know, it, but I, I only bought this fighting game, and I think it was the only fighting game other than Smash Bros. I had, and uh, strictly because Link was in it. So You know, I think Smash Brothers is like the ultimate casual fighting game. And Yeah, exactly. But in comparison to most fighting games, I actually think Soul Calibur is not nearly that complicated either, though. But that's my, yeah. just my opinion. I, I just, I feel like I'm just, like, really terrible at fighting games in general. Anything with a combo, I just, like, I'm Butterfingers. I can't, I can't do it. Um, but moving on from one, com- <laughs> moving on from one combo to the next. What would Link's finishing move be in wrestling? And Allison, this is a question that demands your immediate answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So there's a Legend of anything. Zelda wrestling game. <laughs> And Link needs a finishing move, Allison. What's it gonna be? I oh don't. <laughs> I don't know wrestling. <laughs> How about a flying yeah, elbow I... off the top rope? <laughs> Macho Man's elbow drop. Uh, the only thing I could think of is hitting somebody with a chair. <laughs> That's the only thing I could. Oh think man. Of. I'm sorry. Link would I, never. I, I Link, gonna... Link would never do that. That's a Ganondorf move. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm even gonna leave this question to you guys, and you have to put me on the spot here. <laughs> Uh, the Hylian elbow, the most electrifying move in all of Hyrule. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh gosh. Yeah, I got nothing on this uh, one. <laughs> um, okay, so this is actually uh, an interesting question. Um, if Nintendo were to re-release the CDI games, do you think people would buy them? Yes. And this was actually this is my question, and uh, I'm I'm kind of putting it together as like. Let's say Nintendo releases them as a CDI collection, and it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek release for meant for people that haven't experienced them or whatever. Nintendo obviously knows that they're not the greatest games in the world, but they're doing it kind of like for collectors and people that just want to experience them. Do you think that this game would sell enough to justify its existence? I think so. I remember sometime there was a joke post made about it, I think on April Fool's. I don't remember if it was us or somebody else. But I remember thinking to myself, man, I kind of wish this wasn't a joke because I would buy them. Not only because I like collecting all the Zelda stuff and I would want them to be in my collection because I don't have them. But because I think it would just be fun to be to play them and to know all the references that have come from them. I think there's enough people where it could probably sell 50,000 copies or something. Maybe 100,000. I don't know. It, it, <laughs> And especially the first two, Wanda Gamon and Faces of Evil, they're so bad, but I think people, some people actually think, that, I'll be honest with you, I've got like 12 CDI games, and I, I haven't played all of the ones I have, but these are, those two are the best CDI games I've ever played. <laughs> it's, it's like not even close. There's some, tr- like, there's some significantly worse games on the CDI, like even games, like, I have Battleship on the CDI. It's just the board game Battleship and it's atrocious. It's 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 like I don't know how you could screw up Battleship, but it's you pick a coordinate and there has to play a, a 20 second cutscene of a a bomb missing a submarine like but uh, <laughs> those are decent CDI games. And there and some people think they're just so memorable at this point. And I and it, some people think I guess they're so bad they're good. 
Yeah, they're almost endearing now. Yeah. Now that being said, the third game is awful, <laughs> and I cannot defend anybody who says that's a decent game. <laughs> I I can defend. I can make it. If somebody said, "All right, defend your argument that Wanda Gamelin is a fun game," I think I could do that. There's no way I can do that for Zelda's Adventure. What, what did you say? The the difference in quality between oh, uh, my refer- Ocarina of Time? Yeah. <laughs> I used to always give the reference that I, it almost bothers me that people call it the CDI like trilogy because one game is so much worse than the other two. And I make the analogy that the difference between Ocarina of Time and Wanda Gamelon the, the quality difference between those two, I think it's the equivalent quality difference between Wanda Gamelon and Zelda's Adventure. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, oh my Just God. burying Zelda's Adventure here it, on when, the Champion's Cast. W- when you play the game, you start the start screen. You go one screen over. You know how in The Legend of Zelda, it's got that like one-second buffer to get to the next screen? Mm-hmm. Zelda's Adventure has an eight-second buffer oh, wow. to go from screen to screen, and the music turns off for a moment too. <laughs> it's it. Like, did the game die? <laughs> sometimes, like you, you have to get to a dungeon, and it's like twenty screens away. You do the math. It takes eight seconds between every screen, and sometimes you're only on a screen for like three seconds. So it's like, move screen over. You move three seconds, you wait eight seconds, you move three seconds, you wait another eight seconds, and then you get to that 20th screen and then die and you got to do it over again. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I would buy a CDI collection just to have, <laughs> just to experience that. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you, do you usually name your character Link? Or just uh, name it as yourself. And bonus question, did you name your horse Epona in Twilight Princess? I believe I usually named it Mossies. I think I've, I don't remember as a kid what I would name them, but I, I think I always just called it Mossies. Not Mossies. <laughs> um, I always name them Link if I don't have anything else. So recently with my streams, I've just been asking for names. And if somebody doesn't give me one, it's I'm like, all right, he's Link. That's, that's where we're going with yeah, I'm a strict uh, Link Epona kind of guy. Yeah. Hey, can I ask you guys a question? How do you say dragon? Dragon. Dragon. Thank you. Somebody, somebody was giving me grief about how I said dragon last week. Apparently, I said it with a Canadian accent, which, by the way, don't exist. So, dragon. It's dragon. Like, there's only there's only one way to say dragon. It's dragon, dragon. not dragon. Dra. Oh my god. Not dre. You know, some people say bag, some people say big. It's okay. You could say dragon or dragon. It doesn't matter. Big? Did you say some people say big? Big. As for bag? bag. (laughs) What? We're so off topic right now. All right, Mossies, we're we're gonna need your expert opinion here, or expert analysis. Next question is. Why is the Tetraforce theory still discussed 20 years later? Are you familiar with that theory? Not really. Uh-oh. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to try and explain as best as I can, which isn't very good. I was hoping that he would be able to explain it better. All right, so from from my research uh, that led me to angelfire.com slash Tetraforce, um, the Tetraforce theory is basically a theory that 
the Triforce used to have a fourth part, which is the inverted triangle that uh, that basically is it would be in the center of the Triforce where the you know the missing piece is, um, and that is represented on the Hylian shield below the loft wing where there is an inverted triangle. Um, so that's the gist of the theory, and I I have to be honest, I didn't read a lot of the other evidence that went into it. Um, there is. There's actually a, a pretty compelling theory behind it. Um, if anyone's interested, head over. Just just Google, throw it in your Google <laughs> machine, uh, Tetraforce Theory, and it'll be the first thing that pops up. Head over to, Angel, to Angel angelfire.com. <laughs> 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 um, well, I knew that part. So th- <laughs> I, knew, I knew what you said, but I didn't know if it, it went any further than, you know, there's a fourth triangle um, in that Triforce. Yeah, yeah and, and that's basically it. Um, I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't dive too deeply into it, but there's... Uh, there's different screenshots from uh, Majora's Mask and Link to the Past and all, all kinds of goodies in here. So uh, it, it's, you know, if you're interested, go and dive right in. What, but, would, um, what would be the fourth, since there's power, courage, wisdom, what would be the fourth element, I guess? Tranquility? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, well, I guess I guess you couldn't call it the Triforce of Power or whatever, because it would be the Tetraforce of something. Um, yeah. Time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's as good as any, I think. Tetraforce. Um, so, anyways, <laughs> so, so back to the the question asked here is is why is it still discussed twenty years later? And and Allison and I were kind of talking about this before we got on air and likened it to uh, you know any good theory I think that is undefined um, will will always be talked about and and whatever. Like people still talk about the timeline to this day because there's so much room for interpretation in it so i think that that this falls under the same category well with the timeline like the split timeline nobody really believes in that two split well because they came out and just flat out said oh yeah there's three arcs to the timeline so it's like they nintendo commented on it and clarified it whereas this is just purely speculation like a theory and nintendo's never going to comment about it ever so without a definitive no you know, it leaves it open for fun interpretation from fans. Yes. Like, in science, a theory is literally always existence until it's specifically proven wrong. So until Nintendo comes out and says, no, this is never a thing, then people are going to talk about it even 20 years from now. Um, yeah, so angelfire.com slash theory is, is doing the opposite of proving it wrong. It's proven it right, so head over to that and check it out. <laughs> If, so it's on, if it's on, on the Angel internet, Fire. it has to be true. <laughs> That's right. All right, this is going to be our, our grand finale, um, and it's an interesting question. Which Zelda game is the easiest, the most difficult, and which has the best balance in terms of difficulty? I'm going to say... Hmm. This, is a, this is a really tough question because it's so dependent on how you go after how you play a game because I I could make the argument that Breath of the Wild is the most difficult Zelda game but then somebody might have played the game totally different than the way I initially played it right where they got fully powered up and had whatever 17 hearts and armor of like 50 plus or something and you know had 75 recipes at all times and (laughs) and elixir you know I mean And, and then it's oh yeah Calamity again and was a joke. You, whatever. <laughs> it, 
Whereas if you just ran through the game without doing many of the quests and you never really upgraded your armor and suddenly you're fighting Calamity again and with nine hearts and no Master Sword and uh, your armor is like, you know, 12 as opposed to 50 or something, like, yeah, then it's going to be everything is one-shotting me or something. Then it's like, this guy's impossible. Mm-hmm. Taking Breath of the Wild out of the equation, though, I guess. Easy also depends on, like, like for me, Ocarina of Time is an incredibly easy game because I've played it so much. So I guess I'm going to, like, let's look at this from the perspective of somebody playing these games for the first time. Um, whether it's a new player or a Zelda vet. And I, I feel like it's hard to say in 2019 that the most difficult uh, Zelda game isn't the original Zelda game if you're just playing it for the first time without the aid of a uh, strategy guide or walkthrough or anything like that, that that would probably be my answer. It's confusing, I, I would say. I would definitely say it's confusing, but you'll prob- there will probably be more deaths in your playthrough if you're playing it for the first time. Uh, is difficulty based on number of times you get game over? Um, I, I guess that's another thing, too. I, I think that would factor into it, or maybe... Even even how long it, it took you to beat, and obviously it's you know the most difficult NES game is going to take you less time to beat than Breath of the Wild, right? But um, yeah, I, I would say The Legend of Zelda is a good pick, and I would say if you want to argue it, Breath of the Wild is a good pick. There are other games that are confu- I think Majora's Mask is a more difficult puzzle-driven game of trying to figure out what to do. In some cases, I remember getting. St- stuck up in like stone tower temple quite a bit i was going to mention majora's mask too actually because uh my fiance played ocarina of time uh, i i made her play it basically and uh <laughs> we were going to play majora's mask after and she found the uh the time travel mechanic just a little bit hard to wrap her head around for someone that's not a gamer so yeah i was going to say maybe majora's mask as well um i would feel like the easiest one I was going to agree with um, Ocarina of Time. Um, I think that's a lot of people's first Zelda game. And you can do stuff out of order, but it's pretty linear. And it pretty much points you in the right direction at all times. And then you got a game, if you're brand new to it, you never played it before, like Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks, where there's so much repetitiveness. And it's just hard to get yourself into that. I feel I got myself into it, and so I know how to do it. But playing it the first time, there was no way I was going to... I, I don't even think I finished the game my first time. So I would say those are more difficult. I actually think uh, Phantom Hourglass and Wind Waker in particular... I think Twilight Princess is... These are games that even somebody who's never played... Maybe they've only played... Like, just picking up that Zelda game for the first time, you could play through those three games and not even die a single time. Phantom Hourglass 2? I think Phantom Hourglass, Wind Waker, and Twilight Princess in particular, those three. Mm. I don't think any of them are excessively difficult. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel that way, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't um, Yeah, I, I would probably say... I, I actually I think I'd say Ocarina of Time is maybe has the best balance. Like I, I don't think that it's hard now. But I, you know, when I first played it, I, I there are definitely some parts that are challenging. Um 
but never like stupid challenging where you just want to huck your controller across the room. Um, a, a lot of the challenge in, in a game like Ocarina is just figuring out what to do. It's it's mm-hmm. it's like once you once you know how to beat like Morpha or something, you can beat him without getting hit pretty regularly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think like the easiest are uh, like I thought that the oracles were rather easy. I always remember them being easy and, and, you know, you can play through them in a in a weekend, you know, playing a couple hours here, a couple hours there. They're not that big, but I think generally speaking, 2D, 2D combat is a lot more difficult than 3D for most people. So I feel the, the threat of enemies is just so much easier in the 3D games when you can target them and just hold your shield at all times. You're not getting people, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. I also think that A Link Between Worlds was pretty easy. That was the game that got me back into the Zelda series after taking kind of a break from it for a while. And I beat that within a day. And I was remember thinking, oh, I remember loving these games, and it was pretty easy. It's just a short game. It, 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 it goes back to the... Like, it, it has, you have to define what easy is or difficult. Is it deaths? Is it... Uh, is it a confusion level? There's a lot of different elements. I guess yeah, you're right. Like I, I think it's I, I, like I had, when you when you know the language of Zelda too, it's it becomes a lot easier. Like when you know, you know, like things are done in threes, or you know, this rock probably needs to be moved here. When you kind of get that sense and you speak the Zelda language, almost every game becomes easier. Yes. I remember having trouble playing the Spirit Flute consistently in Spirit Tracks. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, that was terrible. Is, is that the most difficult game for me? <laughs> <laughs> I was constantly messing up. Hey, you know up. what? Actually, I know that I said that that question was our grand finale, but I, I want to ask you guys an extra bonus question that uh, was asked of myself and Taylor last week, and I thought that the answers are pretty interesting. Um, so take what – basically the question is this. What would make your least favorite Zelda game – your favorite Zelda game, or or even just like a really good Zelda game. Ugh. I know that's kind of a bomb to drop on <laughs> you guys, and I gave you a warning, so I'm sorry. That's just. But I'm also not sorry. What one of my least favorite Zelda games is is is, is the Wind Waker, and uh, keep in mind Zelda games are ranked on a scale of eight to ten. So when I say, <laughs> when, when I say Wind Waker is my right. you, you know it's it's my favorite game probably on the GameCube. Um, uh, I I feel if it had like three things, if it had one more dungeon, if it had a better maybe that one dungeon sort of replaces the end game portion with the Triforce quest, I didn't like that portion, uh, and if it had a whole sector of the world maybe a th- maybe a quarter of the world was land based. If they had an area, or maybe if it was just one gigantic island or a series of islands that were interconnected, or you know where, it, where there was a more of an open right. area, I st- not we don't have to be sailing all the time. Not to fundamentally change the game, I I don't. But I'm saying if there was no like what, what is Dragon Roost or Windfall the largest island I think in terms of actual land, it would have been nice. Sort of like, you know, that area between Hyrule Castle and Ganon's Tower. You're finally outdoors, and it's like an e- level. Like it, if there was more of 
that more expansive area like that. Good answer. Good answer. Um, okay, Allison, all the pressure's on you now. Sweet. Um, well, big shocker, my least favorite Zelda game is Adventure of Link. And I honestly don't remember too much about it because I just didn't, I couldn't get myself into it. I would definitely take out the parts where when you're traversing over the open world where you can randomly be stumbled into the area with all the monsters. I didn't like that. Um, I'm pretty sure if you died, you had to start back at a really far point. If at I the North right. Castle. At the North Castle, yeah. Okay, I that would be did my, not like my that. answer to that game. <laughs> and I don't know. It just felt more like an arcade game to me, something I would go to the arcade to play versus I, I just can't see it being – I mean, it is a console game, but I just it, to me it doesn't feel like one. So if they made it, remade it, and it became more of a console game or put it on the 3DS or something, I don't know. I don't know what they could do yeah, to make it better. I, I... I just played it not that long ago, actually, uh, like two months ago, and uh, it's frustrating having to start from the beginning all the time, every time you die, because this, I mean, you die over and over a and lot. over in this game, and if they if they just added checkpoints, I think that would make all the difference that in the world. That would significantly have made my experience a lot better. <laughs> with with the, hey, They do a decent job, because you get the hammer fairly early on in the quest, you get it before the second dungeon, so it's, it's one of those things that w- once you have the hammer... You can break the boulders, and you can't. You can't even if you have to spawn from the beginning of the game, beginning of the world. It doesn't take very long to get from place to place. That being said, if you die in a palace, you should be able to start at the start of the palace, because getting yeah. getting to the palace is not really difficult. <laughs> it's just annoying. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, with the amount of with the amount that you die, and you can't. Actually, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I mean, you can't get extra lives, or they're not easy to come by if you can. I can't remember if you just strictly can't, or they're just there's extremely like, rare. There's, either way, there's the link dolls. There's like five of them, or something, in the whole game. But yeah. yeah, so like either way, it's it's not like the game gives you opportunities to kind of make good on if you die. Um, it doesn't reward you the further you get into a dungeon. So it, subtle changes like checkpoints or or just maybe more lives if they really are going to be sticklers about that. And maybe but, if your um, experience points don't reset when you die. Yeah, that'd be good too. Oh, God, yeah, that was awful. <laughs> so, yeah, next week I'm going to drill Taylor on how he thinks Wind Waker is a worse game than Adventure of Link, so <laughs> everybody stay back for that. I think I think, um, I think Wind Waker is a worse game than Adventure of Link. <laughs> oh, my God. But I don't think Wind Waker is a bad game. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, I, I it, listen, Wind Waker's not my favorite game either, but I, I can't accept that. That's, uh, <laughs> okay, that's okay. Um, so all of these questions uh, that we just answered and had a fun time uh, going over were all user submitted. So I, I can't encourage you guys enough. Head over to Zelda Dungeon and join our Discord. There's a really cool community. Uh, the writers are extremely interactive with everybody over there. So, you know, if, if you've ever been like hey i got a cool idea um now is the time head over to the site to hop in our discord pitch it to our copy editors our writers and uh, your idea could end up on our site and you know what if you are consistently producing good ideas that are you know well written well thought out there's potential for lots of people to join our writing team too so 
I uh, really encourage everybody, if they enjoy some of these questions, enjoy hearing the answers, to interact in our daily debates, head over to our Discord and, uh, you know, start pitching ideas. It, it is such a cool feeling to to see an idea that you created uh, be debated by a bunch of people on the internet. I can't describe how cool of a feeling it is uh, the first time that that happened to me. So I really hope that you guys listening to this uh, head over to the site and join in on the fun. Uh, so thank you both guys for... Uh, Coming in and doing this ninth hour Champions Cast episode with me, I had a lot of fun. It was fantastic. Thank yeah, you. that was fun. Uh, we'll, we're definitely gonna need to reassemble this dream team again. Uh, Moss said after last episode he'd never lower himself to the Champions Cast again, but we got him back. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's gonna do it for us this week. That's episode yes. forty-three. Yes. <laughs> Uh, head over to Podbean, like, subscribe, comment, review. That would be so cool if you guys left a review for us. Uh, tell us how we're doing. We really appreciate it. Um, head over to Twitter. Allison is at Allison Aletha. Moss is at Mossy's the Great. I am at Spateri316. That's it for us. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Hopefully Taylor is here. If he is, I'm going to take him to school and drag him through the mud so you can look forward to that. Until then, have a good week, guys, and we'll see you back here next Monday. Mm-hmm.